Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. God, you're good. Two reasons to clap your hands and get excited. One of them, it glorifies God. The other one, it will warm you up on a cold morning. Get those hands going, get the blood moving. Come on, turn, why don't you turn to somebody, give them a hug. Tell them they look beautiful, smell beautiful. We're going to have a fantastic morning this morning. You can grab your seats. Thank you, team. You guys are phenomenal. I'm glad Michelle's on stage to bring a bit of class to the team. A bit of beauty on the stage for once. Except for Justin, he's very beautiful. Fantastic. Good morning, everybody. How are you doing? My name's Christian, and with Melissa here, I got the great privilege of, of being able to run this church. And so it's just nice to see a whole lot of uh, new faces. So if you're joining us this morning, welcome. We're glad you're here with us, and I hope you enjoy the service. Michelle, awesome offering message. That was absolutely sensational. Can we just thank Michelle? She preached a, uh, a killer message last week about action it. You've got to do something in life, and I'm going to refer to it in my message. I want to encourage you, go to our podcasts on our website and listen to it. It will help you uh, own the vision, uh, action it, do something with it. And then the third one was keep your focus, keep your focus, keep consistent. Hey, without commitment, you won't start. Without consistency, you won't finish. It was worth coming to church today just for that. That was uh, unreal. It will get tweeted this week. It was very good. Hey, uh, can I just say, Pete and Angela, it is great to have you guys here in church. These guys are phenomenal. They're our great friends from Sydney in, in Pastor Phil's church in Oxford Falls. And they are actually Glenn's brother and sister-in-law. Glenn Garine, who's coming next week. So Melissa was telling us about Glenn. He runs a a thing called the Hope Institute, or Hopeful Institute, and he's trying to eradicate teen suicide uh, and suicide in Australia. He is phenomenal. He's done TEDx talks. He talks to head of corporations. He goes into schools. He's one of the most sought-after communicators in Australia today. I look at his tweet, his Instagram, and every day he's in Perth, then he's in Adelaide, then he's in Brisbane, then he's in Melbourne, then he's back in Sydney. But he's a phenomenal father, husband, businessman. He, he, honestly, you don't want to miss next week. Glenn, the people we bring through are high caliber, high capacity. And honestly, if, if just a part of their spirit gets on you, it will change your world. You'll think differently, you'll look at life differently, and it'll, it'll be a blessing to you. So, so good to have you guys here with us today. And uh, for everyone else that's visiting, we're going to have some fun. Hey, so we're, just, we're entering into a, a new series called Reality Bites. Um, have you ever heard the, sta- the statement, reality bites? Yeah. Sometimes where we're at in life is not where we dreamt we would be or thought we would be or want to be, but it's my current reality. It's where I find myself, and therefore we find the statement, reality bites. And have you ever asked yourself the question, is this really my life? Or, or how did I get here? Well, the fact of the matter is it doesn't matter how you got here, it, it matters now what you do to get to where you want to be. Okay, so over the, over the course of the next kind of five weeks, we're going to address some practical life issues, because although we, we use the Word of God as our guide, and it will be what we found our messages in, it's, also, it's good to address practical issues of life, so that we do life well, touched of God, favored of God, and move forward towards the plans that He has for us. Amen? So the few things we're going to look at uh, is how to face your fears and find hope, how to overcome anxiety, ha- how to handle your emotions, and... Melissa said, I'm not going to do that one. Apparently, I've got glass eyes, and for me to look after this situation, I have to bring a little spray bottle so it looks like I was crying. I, I couldn't be an American preacher, or I couldn't go and preach in America, because I just can't cry on, on tap. I can't summon those emotions, so Melissa's going to look after that one, and, and 
she's very good at crying. You do it very well. Uh, and then we're also going to look at how, <laughs> how to handle disappointment. Um, you know, I was, I was mentioning Michelle before, but she preached a great message last week that said the devil's only job description is to steal, destroy, and kill. That's his, the only plan and his only job description is that he would steal, destroy, and kill dreams and visions and passion and, and desire for the, in your life. And then she went on to say, but. Everybody say, but. But God. God has a plan for your life also. And God's plan supersedes the devil's attempts in your life. And the thing is, though, and, and looking at, at fear, how to face fear and how to find hope, is that fear in our lives that is left undealt with will stop us entering into and living that life that God has for us. So we've got to do something with the fears that we face. And no one's exempt from fear. Fear of some sort, fear of something or someone or some situation. We all face fear. And fear isn't the problem. It's what we do with the fear that we face that determines the outcome and, and the, the future that we'll walk into. Uh, so I just want to remind us all today that if you're not where you want to be or you're not experiencing what you dreamt you would be, then the journey's not over. The journey's not over because God says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. So if there's dreams on the inside, if there's desires that you hold deep in your heart and they haven't come to pass yet, don't stop walking because the journey's not over. God is for you and not against you. And like Michelle was saying, he's called you to be the head and not the tail, above and never beneath. He's called you to live victoriously in life. So I want to encourage us all this morning. Is this all right? That we can keep journeying towards the promises that God's made and we will see them come to pass. Okay, so the title of the message this morning is Facing Fears and Finding Hope. Does that sound good to anybody? Sounds good to me. Like, what's the alternative? Living lives of anguish and anxiety and torment. That's, that's not for me. The Bible says the, the righteous are as bold as lions, that we can live bold, we can live big lives, that we can actually step towards the dreams that we have with the confidence that God is with us and He's propelling us forward towards them. And um, that being said, though, as, as I mentioned, no one is exempt from fear, and I googled people's top fears. I, I actually googled top 10 fears. The funny thing is there's about 50 different lists with about 50 different top 10s. So I just had to <laughs> choose one. I don't know, Dr. Google was not, not helping me very much. But top 10 list of fears, some of you may have these, you may relate to them, is fear of flying, fear of public speaking, that's my biggest one, fear of heights, not really, fear of the dark, fear of intimacy, fear of death, fear of failure, fear of rejection, fear of spiders, fear of commitment. If you don't commit, you won't finish, but, um, or you won't even start. Does anybody have any of these? I'm trying to locate people this morning. I'm trying to help me out here a little. Just, even if you think, man, this guy is terrible, just smile at me and I will preach a whole lot better. And what I found is when people smile, I preach shorter. I'll just let that one. Does anybody have any of these fears? Any other fears? I remember being on a flight to New York once and from the time I took off to the, you know, seven hours in, for seven hours there was no service because the plane was just... It was just dropping, and, and we literally held on. The thing that freaked me out the most was I was young at this point, and it was one of my first long-haul flights. The guy I was traveling with flew every other day. He had flew to London, he flew to America, and he was holding on. And so I thought, if he's holding on, <laughs> i got to hold on. Because, and I was freaking out. Luckily, I've overcome that fear, but it, it was full on. Name some other fears that I haven't mentioned this morning. Clouds. Dark clowns. <laughs> 
true. Fear of the dark? Sharks? Snakes? There's a lot of fears. There are a lot of things we face, and this morning we want to talk about facing fears and finding hope. Amen? In Numbers 13, starting in verse 25, it says this. It says, And they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness. Um, They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. Their cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. The Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We're not able to go up against the people. They are stronger than we are. And they gave their children, the, the children of Israel, a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land... <clears throat> through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people who saw it, um, uh, we saw in it are men of great stature. Uh, there we saw the gi- giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. Chapter 14, verse 1. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night, and all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt, if only we had died in the wilderness, why has the Lord brought us out to this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not have been better for us to return to Egypt? Uh, So they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. Unbelievable. Fear is a powerful emotion. They already had a leader. They already had a word from God. God had spoken to them and said, I'm going to deliver you from slavery. I'm going to deliver you from fear. I'm going to deliver you from Egypt. You've been slaves for 400 years. I'm going to deliver you supernaturally, and I'm going to bring you to the promised land. All you have to do is enter into the promised land that I have given you. They didn't even need to send spies out to see what they They could have just entered into the land that God had promised them, but they didn't. They camped and they sent out spies. Now, 10 of the spies came back with a negative report. Two of the spies came back with a positive report, and they listened to the negative report. As a result, there there was issues. But as I read that, I, I see that fear is just this powerful emotion that, again, if left unchecked, can overcome us and overtake our lives, paralyze us, and cause us to to be locked up. They spent the next 40 years in the wilderness because of a bad report. I don't want you to stay stuck in life because of a bad report. I want you to hear the word of God this morning so you can move forward and progress in life to all that he's called you to. Amen? And you know, fear is, is partly instinctual. It's partly learned, and it's partly taught. It's partly... I hear a crash and I jump. But it, it, and then it's partly learned. I'm told certain things that I should fear this. And, and then it's partly taught by upbringing and experience and education and those types of things. So, so fear is real, and its primary purpose is to help us recognize and respond to a present or evident threat. That's what, it, it's, a, it's a natural um, physical response to an external happening. Um, 
And it can be helpful when we respect its, its process and its purpose in our lives, or it can be destructive when we let it consume us. So when I, when I realize that there's a purpose to fear, my heart rate's going, the hair's standing up on the back of my neck, my, my pupils are dilated. When I, I, I can learn from what I'm experiencing and then do something with it, or I can be frozen in a state of fear, which I'm going to get to shortly. And how we deal with fear determines whether we can use it to our advantage or whether it will stopping us living life to the fullest. Because Michelle said the devil's only job description is to steal, destroy, and kill. But Jesus said, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. Now, we're either going to live an abundant life or we're going to live a life where we're subject to stealing, killing, and destroying. I know where I want to live. I, I know where I want to position myself. And again, Hebrews 11, faith is the substance. We may not be there living a life in the fullest life right now, but faith says I can. Faith sees that life. Faith sees that outcome. And, I, and I've, I've mentioned it before, but God lives outside of the bounds of time. So he's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. So God's looking on at our lives saying, it's all good. And we're going, no, it's not. Do you see what I'm walking through? It's not all good. He goes, no, no, but I'm out here and it's all good. All things work together for your good. I know they do because I'm standing here. You're, you're back here going, I'm walking through hell and I'm facing challenges and I'm pressured and I'm anxious and I'm nervous. But God's going, no, no, you're cool. You're over here. It's, it's all good. You're in victory. You're, you're on the other side. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. But they are seen because God sees them. It's just that you don't see them. Amen? Come on, let's give God a hand this morning. So the first thing in dealing with fear is to distinguish between healthy and unhealthy fear. Is it healthy or is it unhealthy? Let me explain. You know, is, is what I'm feeling healthy and helpful or unhealthy and destructive? As I said, we all experience fears. I remember I used to play basketball uh, at late at night or I'd go to the movies with my friends at Warringah Mall and I'd catch the bus home, but the bus stop that I'd get off from was like five streets from my house and for some reason none of the lights worked. So it was pitch black. And so on a, on a, you know, a night where there was no moon or, or low moon, it was pitch black. And I had this fear of the dark. I'm like, I'm, somebody's going to get me. Somebody's going to chase me. Somebody's going to stab me. I don't know what they're going to do. So I would sprint for five streets home. Now, if you asked me to do it, I couldn't do it, but I would, something came over me and it was an unhealthy fear. And I would sprint. At other times, I'd be laying in bed and I'd sense presences in my room or, you know, like, and I would, it was, it was from here to the wall to my parents' house, but I thought it was like a, the miracle mile. And, I'm, and I would literally brace myself for 20 minutes freaking and run to dive in the middle of mum and dad. And dad's like, oh, again, whatever. Mum was more, more gracious. But there's, there's healthy and there's unhealthy fears. Um, so how do we know if the fear that we face is healthy or unhealthy? Uh, in 1 John 4, starting in verse 16, it says this, We know how much God loves us, uh, and we have put our trust in His love. God is love, and all who live in His love live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect, so we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face Him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in the world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we're afraid, it's not for a fear of punishment, and this shows that we have not fully experienced, if we are, sorry, it is for a fear of punishment. Uh, we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he first loved us. And what I would say to us this morning is healthy fear is based in reverence and respect. That's, that's where healthy fear comes from. I, I, you know, and its purpose is to protect us, guide us, and inspire us to change. It comes from a loving father. It comes from God. 
you know, I, I love my kids, so I teach them to have a healthy fear of relevant things. That's a main road, don't run across it because a car will hit you. That's the ocean and there's rips there. Don't just dive in with, without having a look where the rip is because you'll get taken out to sea and drown. That's a stovetop. If you put your hand on that, you will get burnt. There will be, it's a healthy fear. And I don't instill this fear in them so that they're, they're fearful. I instill it so they're not arrogant or they're not ignorant and they can do something with the knowledge they have of what they're facing. So when I say to them, don't do this, and they come to the edge of the road and they stop and they look, it's not because they're fearful of getting hit. It's they know if they run out, they could get hit. Does that make sense? And it's the same, you know, in God. Because I trust God's love for me, I have a healthy fear and respect of Him and what He asks of me in life. I love what Melissa was saying about taking every thought captive, you know, just, just realigning my life with God's will for my life and His ways. Am I, am I off track? God's not there with a stick that wants to beat you to get you back on track. He's saying, I have so much more for you here if you can walk this path that I have for you, but currently you're over here. My love hasn't left you. My grace hasn't left you. I am for you, but the best way for you to live is to come back over here. So when I have a healthy fear uh, of God, life works and I see things clearly. You know, Proverbs 9 verse 10 says, the fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Another version says is the beginning of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. So healthy fear keeps me making wise choices. It, it, it helps me make decisions. The Bible says, is anyone lacking wisdom, let them ask for it, and I'll give it to them liberally and without reproach. Again, it's not judgmental. God is not against you. Now, you don't know that, you imbecile. He's, he's, God's not like that. He's saying, I have wisdom for you. Just come and walk in my ways. Just come close to me. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. And that wisdom will flow towards your life. You know, um, it, it keeps us growing in relationship with God and others. In Philippians 2, starting in verse 12, it says, Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I am away, it's even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Have you ever, I, I, God, I love you with all my heart, and I want to do what's right, and I, and I want to walk in your ways, but I'm drawn over here. Where it says the more we fear and reverence Him, the more He enables us and empowers us to walk in His ways. The, the Christian life is not easy. It is hard, but with God's presence in our life, we can do it because He's there. You know, I think it's 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, No temptation has seized you except that which is common to all men. But God is faithful. He won't let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, He will create a way out for you. That's not saying you won't be tempted. That's not saying you won't have thoughts. That's not saying you won't, you know, want to do certain things. But God's saying, I'm going to help you not so that you can live this way so I can bless you, so you can face your fears and find hope on the other side of it. Come on, let's give God a hand this morning. You know, a healthy fear of God gives us the motivation to become more like Him. And the more I read of the Word, the more I want of the Word. The more I pray, the more I want to pray. The more I look to God and look to Jesus, the more I want to be like Him because I see how He was and what He did. But the less I do, the less I want to. When I don't feed that appetite, I, I, I don't want to. It's like when you cut sugar out of your diet and then after a month or so, you don't want it. But when you start putting sugar in, you want more and more. I want another Coke. I want another chocolate bar. I want another whatever, Tim Tam. Not that, not that I want any of those things. So healthy fear motivates me to change, but unhealthy fear always assumes the worst. 
when there's unhealthy fear in our world, it's God's against me and God's judging me and this is, this is the result of my action. But God says, he is perfect love and perfect love casts out all fear. And you know, when I've got unhealthy fear, I, I think the worst about everything. I have a headache, must be the flu. I have a pain in my side, it, it must be cancer. Uh, that person didn't text me back, they mustn't like me anymore. Uh, my boss didn't pay me this week, he must be going to fire me tomorrow. We, 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 we think the worst and we go to that place of negative you know who was who was i talking to this morning they said oh brad what did you say about negativity it's like a black room that yeah fear is a dark place where negatives get developed negativity in our life it does nothing but but enlarge and enhance the problems that we we focus on it's like blinders that come into everything that's good that's happening in our world and we only see the bad and we only see you know the worst in in the future ahead and this was the israelites they were consumed with unhealthy fear they assumed the worst god had promised them that they actually walked through the red sea on dry ground they'd see the the egyptian army consumed and destroyed they'd seen god go before them pr with provision and, and the, 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 just the mighty works of god moses struck the rock and water poured out and they were all they were all you know fulfilled it's like it's like they assumed the worst and i go how often do we do that how often do we see God's goodness and his hand go before us and his provision in our world and then we hit one little stumbling block and we go, it would have been better to stay in slavery. It would have been better to be beaten. It would have been better to still be making bricks for Pharaoh. It's like, no, 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 God has brought you to a place and there is going to be a level of, of fight that needs to take place. There's going to be a level of warfare, but we are bigger than the challenge we face, amen? Bible says in 1 John 5, for greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The, the authority, the power that you have on the inside is bigger, big enough for you to face any challenge or struggle that you will face, amen? Come on, amen? amen. Praise God. Okay, so once we've determined whether it's a healthy or an unhealthy fear, we've got to do something. We've got to respond. Michelle's whole message last week was actionate. It's great to have a dream, but if you just have a dream and you do nothing with the dream, what is it? It's a daydream. It's just a, a fleeting thought. It's just a, we've got to do something and go, you know what? I'm, I'm moving forward. We've got to respond to fear. And how we respond to fear determines if the fear will remain healthy and helpful or unhealthy and, dest and destructive. If you don't, do, if you don't do, uh, respond, you're in trouble. We have to respond. And fear comes to all, so we have to do something. You know, psychology today, just a little bit of light reading for anybody that wants to, suggests that there's four responses to fear. Would you like me to tell you what they are? Freeze, flight, fight, or fright. And, and we move through these different phases, but freeze, flight, fight, or fright. And, and initially, most people freeze, and that's, that's okay, because that's, that's good. It gives you uh, an ability to assess the situation and then respond. But you can't stay in freeze. You can't stay in, I just heard a car crash. I'm looking and there comes another car and it's about to hit me, but I'm frozen. I, I then gotta, I gotta do something, I gotta get out of the way. If I hear a dog and it's, it's chasing, I can, freeze is no good. It's like, run baby, run. Get out of here quickly because the Rottweiler is about to bite you. You gotta, you gotta, anyway, we gotta respond. But freeze, flight, fight or fright. And life requires action. And whether we, we, we flee or we fight is dependent generally on the issue at hand. The, the main point I want to make this morning is you've got to do something. Yeah. Don't stand still. Right. There's no neutral ground in life. If we're not moving forward, by default, we're going backwards. Yeah. 
And God is calling us forward. He's, he says, come up here. He's calling us to a higher way of living, to a, a, new, a new way to live. So I want to encourage everybody, don't stand still. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things yet seen. At least put one foot in front of the other. At least do what Peter did and just step out of the boat. You may not see the next step. I, I saw a great thing the other day. You don't have to see the whole staircase, just take the first step. God is calling us onwards. He's calling us, just take the first step. Don't let fear paralyze you. In that state of being frozen, we go to places of depression and anxiety where because I haven't acted, because I haven't responded to what's presented itself, the Bible says no weapon formed against you shall prosper. It doesn't say weapons won't be formed. It says they won't prosper. So you've got to know that God is for you and not against you. You've got to know that he's called you to victory, not defeat, so that when the weapons are formed, you just keep walking forward anyway. You just keep marching towards the promise that God has for your life. Come on, we've got to face some fears this morning, and we've got to find hope in Jesus Christ. Um, when we refuse to act, we, as default, we go to the fourth response, which is fright. Uh, and in a state of fright, you neither fight nor flee, you do nothing. Uh, and that's where we feel that, find ourselves hopeless and, and filled with hopelessness. Again, psychology today says, the more realistic the threat, the more heroic and immediate your actions will be. Uh, Imagine threats cause paralysis and being scared about all the bad things that may or may not happen in the future makes you worry a lot but take little action. Does that sound familiar to anyone? And we blow up these, these things. They're imagined thoughts. That's the insanity of half the fears that, that, that cause us to stand still is their imagined thoughts. In other words, they haven't happened. They may never happen. But I'm stuck in life doing nothing because I had an imagined thought. Can I encourage you this morning? Challenge your thoughts. Challenge what you face. Challenge those fears that present. Because the devil's only job description is to steal, destroy, and kill. That's the only thing. He wants to bring fear into your world. He wants you paralyzed in fear. He doesn't want you stepping out in that business. He doesn't want you, you know, going after that relationship. He doesn't want you going hard after God and believing that the things that he said you will come to. He wants you in a state of, of, of fright where you are frozen and unable to make decisions and move forward. When you refuse to deal with things, you give power to it. And the longer you imagine the worst failing to act, the more exaggerated the fear will become and it will eventually consume you. And that's the truth. I, I think through things in my life that I've stewed on and I've thought on and I've allowed, they become bigger than they ever were. And it was an imagined thought to start with. And the funny thing is years on, you realize I never experienced what I was afraid of. Yeah. I never went through it. I just thought it may happen. And, you know, I, I, I've got people in my world that, that they're fearful of getting sick. They're fearful of losing their job. They're fearful of future relationships. They haven't even experienced yet, but they're scared of it. Yeah. And that's no way to live. That's not how we're called to live. Amen? Um, you know, and I was thinking through that this morning. Really, that is a position of unbelief, which is the opposite of faith. You have to know and believe, despite your circumstance, that God is for you and not against you. Yeah that he's calling you to, uh, to a good life, that he, he he's let his son lay down his life for you so that you could truly live and that you could live that abundant life. You know, and I love what it says in Ephesians, I, I quote it quite regularly, but, but him to, who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or imagine, to him be the glory. You know, it says in Ephesians 1 verse 9, it says the same power that God worked in Jesus Christ when he raised him from the dead is at work in you. Yeah. 
So I've got to believe that if God's got dreams and desires, if, if he's got plans and purposes for my life, if he's released the Holy Spirit to empower me for life, that it's, it's a good life that he's called me to. It, the, the reason he put me on this planet was to enjoy and live life to the fullest. And so that's, that's what I should do. Amen? Is this helping anybody this morning? I want to I wanna help us break through. I don't want you limited by fears or stress or pressure or any other thing. I want you free so that you can truly live and enjoy what God has for you. Amen? You know, the Israelites had no evidence that the threat was bad, but they listened to one bad report. The report they should have listened to was Caleb's report. It says this in Numbers 14. It says, and if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into the land and give it to us. It is, richly, it is rich land flowing with milk and honey. Don't rebel against the Lord and don't be afraid of the people of the land. They are only helpless prey to us. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. That was the report of Caleb. What are, you, what are you being afraid of these people for? If God's called us here, then they're done. He will wipe them out. He will take care of them. Whatever God wants to do, he will change mindsets. He will, what, whatever it is, why are we afraid of them? Let's fear and reverence God. Why would we, we, don't listen to this bad report, listen to this good report. Can I encourage you this morning, you're going to get bad reports and good reports in life. Always go to that position of faith. Listen to the good reports. Listen to the, the positive crowd. Listen to the people that speak faith into your world. Because I'm telling you, it will enable you to be propelled forward in life. It will enable you to keep walking towards your dreams and desires. I know when people have come and they've been negative, or they've been critical, or they've been hard, or they've been down, I feel heavy as a result afterwards. But when I get around people of faith, I'm like, you know what? Man, that's nothing. I can face that. I can get through that. I can overcome that. Let's just keep going. And, and i got to tell you, living as a Christian battles are par for the course. You're going to face battles. You're going to face challenges. Fears will present themselves. we we just got to acknowledge, are they healthy or unhealthy? What am I going to do with this and keep moving forward? I might get the team to come. Last thing is this, is uh, minimize the fear by maximizing your support. Minimize the fear by maximizing your support. Deuteronomy 31 says this, Verse 23, then the Lord commissioned Joshua, son of Nun, with these words, be strong and courageous, for you must bring the people of Israel into the land I swore to give them, I will be with you. Don't look at your problems, listen to God. Minimize, minimize the problems by maximizing the size of God in your field of view. His word will always cause you to flourish. His word will always cause you to grow bigger than your current circumstance. Don't, don't let, as I said, negativity and, and people of, you know, who have lack of faith stop you being and achieving all that God has caused you. God is ever-present. Whenever you need him, he is there. Isaiah 41 says, don't be afraid, I am with you. Don't be discouraged, I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. That's God speaking to you and I this morning. Don't give up. Be strong and courageous. I'm with you. I'm ever-present. It says in Timothy, for God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power, love, and a sound mind. You're not fearful. You're not timid. You're not intimidated. You are, you're powerful, and you're strong, and you have an ability to make wise decisions in life because God is for you and not against you. I love that. Come on. We've got to have the, the confidence of the Spirit of God living on the inside of us. And what I love about He's consistent in His nature. He doesn't change. He doesn't flop to and fro based on the size of the problem. Do you, do you do realize God is bigger than every problem you will ever face? 
He's not freaked out by certain things and all right with other things. Oh, that's just a little one. They'll be all right. Oh, shivers. This one might take him out. I'm, I'm a bit worried about that. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. If he says all things are working together for your good, then all things are working together for your good. That's the confidence that we have. That's the hope that we have, the anchor for our souls, for the future we've been called to. The confidence is not in self, it's in Jesus Christ. The hope we hold is in Jesus Christ. I can't do it in my own strength. The, the word even says with, with man, that's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. I want to encourage you today. I want to stir faith on the inside of you today. I know you'll be facing something. I know there'll be some fear present or evident in your world. You are bigger than it. You can overcome it. God will be walking right beside you to carry you through into victory. Amen. It says this in Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians 3. It says, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you his peace. At all times and in every situation, the Lord be with you all. May the God of peace give you his peace. I've experienced times of turmoil in my life and I've experienced times of peace. And the times when peace has flowed towards my life is when I've relented. So God, I've tried everything. I've done everything. I've run. I've fought. I've been frozen in fear. I've, done, I've got nothing. But I know I've got you. And so I'm going to rest. I'm going to stand and wait in that place. And at that time, just the peace of God has flowed towards me. It's changed everything. It's changed perspective. It's changed a racing heart to one that's still. I love what it says inside. It says, be still and know that I am God. Not try harder, not fight more ferociously, not whatever. Be still, which makes no sense to the natural mind. But the things of God are countercultural because the things of God are not of this realm. They're more supernatural than natural. Can I encourage every one of us today? You're going to face fear. Challenge the fear that you face. Identify what it is. Challenge the fear that you face. And then find your hope in the fact that God is for you. He's with you. He's carrying you through the challenge. you face, And he will bring you out to the other side. Amen. Why don't we just close our eyes? Thank you, Lord. 1 John 5, 4 says this. Every child of God defeats this evil world. And we achieve this victory through our faith. We can win this battle against this world. Uh, who can win this battle? Only those who believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. The way we win, the way we overcome, the way we get through is to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That's, that's our position of hope. That's our position of faith. Though I don't see, yet I believe. Can I encourage us, just while every head's bowed, every eye's closed, we're going to go back into a, a song of worship just in a minute. But just while we're here, I'd love to pray with anybody this morning that's going, you know, I want that peace in my life. I want that assurance in my soul that there is a God there that is for me and not against me. I want to make a decision today that says, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. And I, I don't know where you are. We've got a lot of visitors. We've got a lot of regulars. It's, this isn't going to be a pressured moment. But if you're saying, Christian, just pray for me. Pray with me this morning. I want peace in my world, peace in my circumstance. Would you just lift your hand and say, yeah, that's me. Fantastic. Thank you. Is there anybody else that would say, yeah, thank you. Fantastic. Is there anybody else? I'd love to pray with you. Fantastic. Thank you, sir. Three people have lifted their hands. Is there anybody else that would say, just, just pray with me this morning, Christian. I need this to be the day where 
I, I have Jesus Christ into my life afresh or even for the first time. Is there anybody else? We're going to pray and then we're going to have a great lunch and coffee and just enjoy the sunshine coast. But while we're here in this moment, if that's you, just one more moment, would you lift your hand and say, Christian, pray with me. Thank you, Lord. Fantastic. Can we all stand to our feet? I, I want to pray with these guys that lifted their hands. Three people. Would you just come forward this morning and let me pray with you? That would be absolutely fantastic. My, my privilege. Church, can we put our hands together this morning? Thank you, sir. What is your name? Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Visit us online at c3noosa.org.